Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. What's up, everybody? This is the Sharp Tongue Podcast, and I'm your girl, Jessie May. I feel like I've said that differently for the past two weeks. Well, life is different now. Shit is different. It hits different. 2021's coming in with the fury. This is going to be a dope episode. It's a little bit of a throwback with my work husband. But before we get to that, I want to give a shout out to my sponsors. The one, the only coffee alternative that I put in my pie hole. Mudwater. You guys got to check it out. M-U-D-W-T-R dot com forward slash jesse may if you don't know how to spell my name what are you doing why are you wasting your time it's a dope dope alternative to coffee i drink it every morning i have to be honest i'm a little bit of a jittery bitch as it is naturally and coffee shakes me to my core so i found mud water and we were like let's do some fun stuff together so we're doing that we're going to be bringing you some content but in the meantime we're going to give you 15 percent off your entire purchase at mudwater.com m-u-d-w-t-r.com forward slash jesse may using promo code jesse may mud check it out and get some mud in your pie hole like me and also please subscribe to the youtube page your girl's on youtube she's considering OnlyFans. But not to show a titty, maybe a little bit of titty. We're not sure. We're still under negotiation. But for now, you can check out the videos from the podcast at youtube.com forward slash Jesse May Peluso. Subscribe, like, share with your friends, tell your friends who are questioning their relationship or going through loss or just want to laugh with their best friend. That's me, bitch. I'm your new best friend and your old best friend. I'm the best friend you knew from when you grew up. And the one that tells you to stop hanging out with that snaggly tooth loser who you let sleep on your couch. I keep it real with the feels. You guys know. But this episode, I'm so excited. Uh, I reunited with one of my podcast brothers, my, my work husband. We actually was one of the first times I actually sat down in person with somebody this year. So it was really exciting to reconnect with him. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode with the one, the only Mike Tully. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 beep. You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Jessie. Peluso. It's a personal look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary. A deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's gonna get dirty. You might cry. You'll probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. farts. I talk about love, loss, comedy, how hard it is to make it in this biz. I'm a fucking professional. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's gonna be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're gonna get. It's raw, uncut, and funny. It's me. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me. I'm your girl, Jessie Mae. This is the Sharp Tongue Podcast. There, my intro's done. <laughs> okay. Boy, it's been a long time since I wasn't in my son's room doing this. Let me see how would this go. Coming to you live on tape as we mark the one-year anniversary of quarantine from a stylishly appointed Airbnb located somewhere west of the 405 in Los Angeles, boasting 
an ample supply of complimentary paper towels. <laughs> not not enough. No. There's, there's only one roll left. An inadequate supply of paper towels. This is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully, joining me today. My first live in-person guest since I had a studio and an office and a job. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to People's Champ, Jesse Mae Peluso. Oh, I usually have a couple more monikers for me. Oh. The one that was my favorite. My sister from another mister? Yeah, like stuff like that. My favorite one was that you called me like the chuckle queen or like the, the fucking I did? Like the giggle queen. I forget what it was. It was like p- princess of punchlines. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's like your dad's hosting a backyard comedy show. Yep. My dog Chaplin is obsessed with you. Come here, Chaplin. We are in an Airbnb. We are. This is our reunion show. I I decided to call it Tully May. Yeah, we're live. We are. We are absolutely making this happen. Um, wow. We both have our slippers on. We don't fuck around. No. I take my comfort seriously. Yeah, absolutely. We were talking about your sleep deprivation lately. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, I feel, I'm so tired of hearing myself talk about it. So I can only imagine how people who listen to me talking to a microphone feel about it. Well, let's talk about how you're sober now. <laughs> sure. Well, and I feel like I when have, you say, when you say that, I'm, we feel like, yeah, enjoy. It feels kind of lonely on this side though. I have to say, I was like, you know, Tully will have a beer and then I, no, I won't. honestly I thought. I hate day drinking. Really? Yeah. What? You have a, ca- a child. That's day drinking was made for people like you. That I, I it baffles me every time I see somebody with a child day drinking. It really does because I can understand. Does a dog count? My dog. Can- no. Okay. So no, no, I'm no, not. No. I'm not in this. No. Okay. Not, no. My God. Tom Segura had a was working on a great bit about this last time I saw him at the comedy store where he was saying that I think he had his dog before he had his children and how much he loves his dog and his dog (laughs) means the world to him and his dog's his best friend. But if his dog ever like snapped at his children, how he goes through this whole thing about how he would (laughs) physically destroy his dog. (laughs) And nobody's ever put it better. Nobody's right. Like, no, I mean, I mean, I know. I know how much your animal means to you. It's no, it's not any comparison. And the level your of re- animal felt like a little bit of a jab. It was intended to. And <laughs> the the level of responsibility, is, like what you have to walk a dog. What else do you have to do? You don't, don't even you really walk have your to, kids. I mean, where do your kids? Not nearly enough. <laughs> you should see them. You're supposed. Oh man, do you have fat Asian kids now? Do you uh, have Asians? Well, the one is so little, she's that is as God intended her to be. <laughs> she's so perfect at the age of two. Do you know what? I probably as we speak, like parents.com or at parents or something is retweeting. So they reached out to me because I it was a true story. I, I didn't, I don't have the energy to make up material about my children. I asked her if I she do. wanted, I asked her if she wanted a can of soup, and she's like, she was like, hell yeah, I want that soup. <laughs> is that what she said? Pretty much. And so I was like, cool, let's eat it. And she's like, no, 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 we're taking it to the park. So she's like, she said she wanted to take care of the soup. So we brought a can of soup to our playground and she's like walking up to kids and showing them the soup as if she has like, like the lost Ark from Indiana Jones. And they're just like, it's a fucking can of soup. And she's like, okay, this guy doesn't get it. I'm going to go to the next child. Cause they're going to understand how fucking amazing this can of soup. I have pictures of her going down the slide, holding a can of soup. She loves that. She are loves you guys. Okay. Soup. Are you, are you able to pay your bills? Like why is soup popping off in the 
Tully household. Oh, it was just there. Oh, because I actually bought it for her as a surprise because she's transitioning from Minnie Mouse into princesses. Oh, and my daughter goes all of her innocence. My daughter's pretty woke, so she likes the princess and the frog. She's oh, yeah. she, she responded to the black princess. And so I found the princess and the frog. I don't know what her name is. I found that princess. That's soup. not really woke of you. What? You should know the black princess's name. I don't name. know. It's, I will make it my business to not know any of the princess's <laughs> names. And I, so I surprised her with, she said she was hungry. So I surprised, I'd been, it's, I really love surprising my kids. It's like a huge pleasure of mine to go, look at this. I got you the princess soup. I knew, I knew you'd be excited. And she was excited. I just didn't expect her to be, let's take it to the park excited. I thought it would be, let's open it and eat it. Yeah, excited. because it, of, I have a joke. Do you, are you okay? I'm trying to find the picture. Oh yeah. yeah where's your phone? I um, I have a joke about soup being the most un, like the non-portable food ever. Yeah, you got to meet my daughter. She, like soup is the worst thing to bring anywhere other than your mouth hole. Yeah. Soup is wildly overrated. And I say this as somebody who's married to an Asian person because they consider soup food. Right. Well, their soups are food. Mm. Our soups mm. are poor people food. Right. SpaghettiOs. There's not SpaghettiOs one lick of a nutrition, a nutrient in that. I hate fucker. to break it to you. SpaghettiOs are not soup. Well, oh, wait, they're not. Soup. <laughs> no. I may have done a little edible before. <laughs> Spaghettios aren't soup. You know what? We're gonna add. We're gonna let the people decide. Oh, please! We are gonna. Oh let my the goodness! People Can we put some money on this? Our spaghettios soup. I'm gonna say they're soup. Maybe your people eat as many edibles as you do. <laughs> In the absence of broth. <laughs> spaghettios are soup. What do you What do you call it? Fucking spaghetti, dude! It's that's canned, not spaghetti, it's bro. Can, it's canned pasta. It's not spaghetti, but it's that's not even it's, pasta. It's O's. It's O-shaped spaghetti. Yeah, it's and, mo- it, it. <laughs> hence the name. There's not an ounce. There's not a lick of a of of an agorum or sigorum, whatever sigourney weaver. What do you call that? That wheat sorghum. There's not a. What I'm saying is there's not a lick of anything that is in pasta in spaghettios. There's no like enriched wheat flour okay. even. Is a box of macaroni and cheese soup? No, it's delicious. Yeah, it's <laughs> shitty it's, food. It's, it's, it's shitty, delicious. delicious food. Okay, here's a question. Is Chef Boyardee soup? <laughs> yes. Are canned peas soup? <laughs> Is anything in a can? Okay, okay, okay. Is So I'm thinking Campbell, right? Yeah. Campbell's cream of mushroom soup. Soup, soup. I feel like there's a clue in the title. Yeah. That tells you what that one is. Yeah. There's there's definitely, that's a soup, okay? Yeah. But it's a bullshit soup. What is it? What, what makes it a bullshit there's soup? There's like slices of mushroom in it. Campbell's soup. It's a fucking ch- mushroom soup. They got to step up their game. Are they though. supposed to not have mushrooms in mushroom soup or no. do you require? <laughs> I'm saying. Whole <laughs> bushels of shiitakes. Like, I don't understand. Can you say shiitake one more time? Shiitake? <laughs> So you can do that and not get in trouble. Listen, yeah. there's slivers of mushrooms in, in the cream of mushroom soup. There, It's like somebody, this is what, how, how little mushrooms are in cream of, Campbell's cream of mushroom soup. Yeah. It's like somebody else had a real cream of mushroom soup with chunks of like actual mushrooms and sneezed. And then they, that is the cream of mushroom soup. It's shreds of shiitake. It's not even a whole mushroom in there. No, it's just tiny little mushroom niblets. They definitely skimp on the mushrooms. They skimp. It looks like the shit you find when you file your toes. It's like a little, it's like toe fungus. <gasps> is that a ghost? Our door just opened to the Airbnb. <laughs> you know what? My Speaking of ghosts. It's my, weird. The ghost always seems to come around on breezy days. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> my dad's right what here. What is that? I noticed that. <laughs> With his little drink chip, his little change of pace. Shout out to Syracuse, New York. Change of pace. My dad's watering hole. So a drink chip is when the bartender buys you a, a drink? Yeah, or you could be sitting at the bar and buy Send like a somebody. friend a drink. Is that a thing out here? Do they do that at all? I don't think they do. This is like, that's like such a I know. East Coast, I miss regional thing. I miss... I was going to say blue collar alcoholism. Yes. But just regional <laughs> blue collar East Coast drinking culture. Because I was sort of raised in a bar. Have I mentioned that to you? I was born in one. Is that so? Or at least conceived. Those are two different things. Well, they, one unless has to, have, uh, one has to happen yeah. <laughs> in order for the other. <laughs> you know that you were conceived in a bar? I, I'm joking. Mm-hmm. But my I know my mom put out first night she met my dad. And they're both dead. So I can say that now. Oh, right. How did she reveal that to you? I asked her on the podcast. I said, did you go home with dad that night? And she kind of giggled. I think she, yeah, she admitted it on the podcast and I called her a slut. Well, yeah, if she, this was like the 1970s. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a borderline, that's like borderline prostitute. Maybe if, yeah, I wonder when they met. I don't know. I'll have to check the year that they met. Cause my sister, how old is your oldest? Yeah. Four years older than me. Mm -hmm. And I am 28. Thank you. Um, (laughs) Jenny Slate in the house. <laughs> I am 38. Are you? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I look good. You look, yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> Thank you for saving me the trouble of saying So them. my sister's 42. Uh-huh. That's how yeah. math works. So when did, so, and my parents had her, I want to say. Yeah, they met in the mid 70s. Yeah. So, and my mom, but that was the 70s. Everyone was fucking. And you know what? It's it's the 2020s too. Isn't everyone fucking? Why do we have to act or or at least live like these puritanical lives? We have to be prudish. We're animals. So what if you want to go home with a guy you meet and suck his dick on the first night? I just, I thought that was pretty common nowadays. Now, I've been off of the dating circuit. Apparently since the 70s. Uh, but it stopped. This the dick sucking? The In your f- relationship? The first the first date stuff. Oh. AIDS. AIDS. Yeah. No, I have a theory. Have you guys missed us? <laughs> I have a theory. Okay. Because I love how you waited for my cackle laugh to stop to talk. You're so professional. I'm not gonna step. I'm not gonna step on the cackle. You're a great. You're a great pod partner. So in i used to rent okay my parents got rid of cable when i was a kid because they caught me and my sister watching porkies and i think my sister was like five and i was like three was porkies like that like really obscene 1980s movie i don't know why i just it was like years did an animal house like i put it this way i'm pretty sure the cover the poster or the vhs box would have been a boy's eye looking through a hole in the wall with like a naked half a, a vagina chick, but and i don't know that they had a naked vagina on the oh, poster okay. for porkies. <laughs> maybe in france and, and and like you know the towel so it's like the guys looking in the girls yes. locker room kind of thing so i was deprived of cable for all of my formative years so i wow it's weird right there's so many That's movies why that you ever, are the way you are there's a lot of reasons there's so why. many things i references yeah. i've made that you're like I don't know what that is, but you know the square root of pi. You're definitely, you've got like, it's not autism. You were just, you were sheltered from from society. Right. Yeah. I was home reading Laura Ingalls Wilder books and working with my protractor while you were Learning. watching. Right. While you were watching Porky's. So I used to go to VHS. <laughs> <Protractor>. <laughs> you so. had a protractor at your house. That's a nerd level. That is another 
<laughs> it's on another level. So I used to go to the store and I would rent every single movie that I thought would have tits in it. Like I used to jerk off to tit movies. Oh, that's good. And then AIDS happened. And all of a sudden, every single one of those movies that was like summer beach nipples, <laughs> all of a sudden became basic instinct knockoffs. Why? Because people still wanted to see naked chicks. In, that's like the cheapest special effect that's ever been invented is like Shannon Tweed taking her shirt off. Right. right. But it, overnight, people didn't like couldn't wrap their head around a bunch of freewheeling teens running around looking at girls and getting laid without negative consequences. So they still made tit movies, but all of a sudden everybody was dying in them. Because that's right. That was the subconscious effect of AIDS on the culture. Nirvana happened to music. All of a sudden it wasn't poison, nothing but a good time. It was Nirvana and those guys weren't trying to get laid. They were like walking talking dirty cardigan sweaters. And tit movies became people get ice picks in the nose. They fuck first, but then they die. Oh, I see. Just to deal with the way society was feeling off the yeah, exactly. the and wake it was, of the AIDS. And it was like in the 2000s that all of a sudden straight people came to the conclusion collectively that they didn't have to worry about HIV so much. And then sex culture came back and people, well, like your parents could go back to uh, making babies the first night they met. Right. They don't have to worry about the AIDS creeping in. If you're poor, you do. But if you're rich, you don't. Yeah. Rich people AIDS. It's like the South Park episode. Magic Johnson AIDS. Right. Oh, like health insurance AIDS. Well, See, I, I don't know. I have Obamacare. more than uh -huh. health insurance. I think it's health insurance and then like a couple million. See, I don't know because I just, I get my information about HIV largely from Jason Ellis, to be honest with you. And he's always telling me that like, oh, you guys are still worried about AIDS. You guys don't even know. You just take prep and you're fine. Oh yeah, I guess you can live with AIDS now and you well, can okay, like there's, thrive. There's the one thing that you can take also, to- I don't know if you should take health advice from Jason Ellis. No, I think he knows what he's I'm talking about kidding. on that stuff. <laughs> So there's the one thing you can take, I, love to, you. I think, to, to, to not get it. And then there's the other thing you can take to manage it if you get it. But like, I honestly don't know. I just went from employer provided health insurance. Like, I assume if I was HIV positive when I worked at Sirius XM, I could get the stuff, the, 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 the Magic Johnson stuff. But like, yeah, but my, I don't, you, I have, I'd have to read the back of my current health insurance yes. card. But I you don't. You got to see if you have Magic Johnson AIDS I coverage. I don't think I have Magic Johnson HIV coverage anymore. A lot of things have changed since last I saw you. Did you, did you ever see World War Z? No. Oh, the zombie movie. Hell. Well, it, I thought uh, how ridiculous it was. It's a zombie movie with yeah. my boyfriend, Brad Pitt. Right. You know, Brad's my boyfriend. Oh, you've moved on. Yeah. Stamos and I. We kind of had a falling out he did he age out of your he didn't age out he it was hiv'd out no <laughs> he <laughs> <H -I> <laughs> there's just only so much tatsiki one girl can take i just saw brad pitt in something and i was like damn current um, brad pitt or are you in love with the man he used to be or the man he currently is now you know there's been a large debate on social media over this the who the best brad pitt is He's and current Brad Pitt in the running? He's in the running for oh, that's sure. Cool. But he also looks like a middle-aged woman who teaches college art. Uh-oh. But I can I can she knows how to go down to Pound Town with her mouth. He went to John Bon Jovi's guy? <laughs> He's got John Bon Jovi face. Oh man. Which is better than the face John Bon Jovi should have right now. I know. I feel like John Bon Jovi looks like a woman's face after she's been embalmed. Yeah. And I and I mean that with all my heart and John love. Bon Jovi looks like if Barbara Streisand got all the work people always thought she should get, she would have ended up looking like 2021 John Bon Jovi. Yes, yes. It looks like an affected Babs. Right, right, for right. Sure. Like a, a less uh, lion-ish. Yes, but with after being embalmed. 
as well. Yeah. A morgue, post-morgue, like when the morgue does your makeup. Also, why are morgues doing the makeup of dead people? Do you also have a makeup artist license? I feel like makeup artists should come in and do the makeup of dead people, not Larry, who's also embalming Aunt Linda. I feel like if you ask me... like, if Hold it, for helicopter. <laughs> oh, that's actually a dual propeller. Oh, that's a fancy... That's a, that's a private See, in, plane. in my neck of the woods, if we had done this at my house, that would have been somebody triangulating the perp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Out here, it's like... No, it's... it's Patrick Dempsey. It's Cher. <laughs> She's going for lunch in Catalina. Yeah, exactly. Wait, what was I saying? Um, we were talking about something very titillating. I'm going to edit this out. because Oh, Babs. You were talking about Babs. Oh, okay. I got it. Yeah. If I just like plopped down on planet Earth and joined the human race, but I had no experience whatsoever of any of our rituals for living or dying, and you had asked me to figure out what we should do with people after they pass, mm -hmm. the very last ideas that I would ever, ever, ever come up <laughs> with or suggest is... <laughs> do their makeup. Stuff them and paint them. And let everybody come see them. And put them in a fancy box and stick them in the ground. <laughs> Those are can like the two worst answers. I like I don't know what to go. I, I, I can suggest some some good ones, but like like some that are better than others. But that is the single worst set of solutions. And yet you're like avant-garde and artsy if you don't do those two things. It can is I please so use that in stand up. I'm please, a, please give that to me. Take it because I have this. You heard it. You heard it. I have both my parents being dead and yeah. like just the strange tradition surrounding the view viewing like first of all why does my dad have a full full brow like most men have full brows but i'm talking like face beat why why does my dad have contour he was cremated this is all just like you know i'm just speaking about what he would look like if he had been what do you mean full brow well it's a it's a makeup term like oh. women these days yeah they like the, they like him bushy well your wife you see her as she really is and i'm i'm just speaking in in general but most women mm -hmm. add on to their their brows. Oh no, my wife got like the tattoo thing. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I got so that do too. I have, do I have Michael... a full brow? Do I have a full brow woman? You have a full brow girl. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. a professional. Huh. Um, <laughs> but like, I just don't understand why we're painting a face on a dead person. It's just, it really is. It's such a good point. It's such a strange tradition and but, they make them look like you know when uh black and white movies when they colorize them and yes. you can see how ludicrous the yeah. the makeup had to be because of the right the necessities of 1920s cameras and black and white film it looks like the your every dead person looks like a character from a remastered wizard of oz movie yeah that's right yeah grandma looks like buster keaton and you're supposed <laughs> to go doesn't she looks like she's sleeping why is my dad in pink pastel lipstick right yeah. now I, yeah i know it's very 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 lipsticky but the other thing that's really strange surrounding death rituals, I love how we went from AIDS and death rituals, is people standing in line. This is the one thing I didn't understand with my dad's funeral that I could not stand, is standing in line to receive everyone. Like, oh, as the family, you're supposed to greet them and, and accept the their and accept their condolences, and then they go down to the right. and they kneal. Right. It's just. It's, Are you Catholic? I don't know what I am. Gotcha. I, you know, we say, were, no, say no more. We were, <laughs> we were raised Protestant. Yeah. But Jesus left when my mom and dad got divorced. So uh. God left as well. Mm. Um, we were abandoned in multiple ways. But I, I just, 
people coming up in line in that forced interaction. Yeah. What do you say? What do you say? There's nothing anyone can say. And honestly, listening. I, I, I labored over a text to you. Like, yeah. <laughs> I care. That's it. Right. I, that's, I, and that's the best thing people can do is just let I people care. know you're there. I care and I'm thinking of you. And yeah. It goes without saying if you could use a quiche. <laughs> However, I could be there I, I, I for you. It's great. Yeah. There's only so many I'm sorry's you can listen to in one day. I know. And having. It's another burden on the family. And they've exactly. got enough. Right. It's another fucking burden. And then to have like these old people come in and be like, oh, your dad was the best man in my wedding. It's like, oh, fucking great. I can't. I don't want to listen to this right now. It's just all the rituals are just so invasive. Yeah. They're invasive to the healing process. Yeah, we do not come from an emotionally intelligent, like, culture. And I, th I think no. you and I, we're not, you're from New York, I'm from New Jersey, but still. We, we're smart. We both know what drink chips are. Yeah. We, we come from drink chip culture. We come from drink chip culture. <laughs> yeah. And there's much more focus on the quality of the deli meat and the side dishes that are at the repast. Yes. Than the matter at hand, which is we're all processing one of the central emotional experiences and most profound mysteries of human existence. Yeah. And you're asking me to worry about Kaiser rolls. Right. You're asking me to worry about <laughs> <laughs> Why do we... Oh, wait. So we went from AIDS, death, Brad Pitt. This right. is what I wanted to tell you about Brad Pitt. Please. I asked if you've seen World War Z. Not yet. Haven't seen World War Z. It's been around for a hot minute. They're filming another one. I hear nothing but good things. <laughs> it's great. That's it what actually I hear. is really great. That's what I keep hearing. The one thing that's on annoying list. is like the CGI, but that's okay. We got over it with I Am Legend. The, the zombies are CGI, whatever. Um, Brad Pitt, in order, he discovers at the Center for Disease Control that the cure to the zombie disease is to infect yourself with something to make yourself sick because the zombies won't eat or want to eat somebody who's who's not well or healthy. Well, that makes sense. Right. They right. Don't, so they're, if you got botulism, want, they they're want, not going to bite you. They don't want tainted meat, right? Right. And Are I we just, going back to SpaghettiOs? <laughs> yeah, we're getting full circle. <laughs> I'm going to get you back. <laughs> because I said botulism. Oh, yeah. I think about that every time I see a rusted can. Isn't that crazy? I'm just like, oh, I don't want to get botulism. <laughs> they better make that one half price. And I'm not going to buy it. Somebody else can take their life into their own hands. Not, it's safe. No can of anything is worth botulism. No. I don't even know what it is. And the I don't want it. silent killer. <laughs> Before there was AIDS, there was botulism. There was influenza, <laughs> Spanish flu. Before Spanish flu, there was botulism. Oh, man. We looked down on those people at the shop right that bought the botulism cans. There are motherfuckers out there buying them in bulk. Yeah. Oh, really? Because they're so cheap. Is it worth 40 cents? Is your life worth 40 cents off that can Fair. of split peas? Listen, when you're struggling and you're starving, yeah. you don't give a fuck. You don't got time to do that math. Are you like me where if I drop a can of something and it does put a little dent? I throw it out. Oh, really? Oh, I'm gone. It's gone. I just make a note that I need to use it within like 15 minutes. Oh, no, I'm like, I'm like that can is botulism now. There's, it's filled with botulism. <laughs> that is way. no longer sliced peaches. That have is. You, like, have you ever met one person who has ever met one person who has had botulism? <laughs> <laughs> what if they did do we know it was even bad i gotta google it now i do even know do you want to take Just how, what percentage of people particularly if they're a little bit younger than us i'm gonna be 44 you're 23 <laughs> thank if, you 
what percentage of people who are younger than us even know what <laughs> what B O T U L ism? Do you want to take a guess at what some symptoms are? Um, full brows, <laughs> pinkish purple lips, kissable bee stung, and a bit of rouge. Okay. Um, the first symptoms. Uh oh. The diff- onset. It, it, this, the first symptoms include most housewives across America difficulty swallowing or sing. Thank you. Or speaking. When was the last time you were on stage? Uh, we don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, facial weakness. Oh, botulism. It's it's Botox. Oh, duh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Duh. Yeah, it's exactly what it Did is. Did you lose your phone in the chair? I, well, I've been looking. Find I, it. I was looking. Up. I was looking for is it, it before. In your and then I don't, no, that's my wallet. And then before, I just now I felt a. I got a text. Okay, well, get up and see if you can find it. Maybe it's. Oh, oh there, it is. there oh, we now go. You get to see the picture of my daughter with soup. Uh, <laughs> with <laughs> Lucky botu- you. With botulism. Oh, we I'll did see not the eat picture that of can. your daughter with a facial paralysis. <laughs> Her That's forehead right. is lineless. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Oh my god, it's it's Botox, yep, yep, guys. Yep. We're retar- we are totally retarded. Don't you love it when you listen to a show and you're like 15 minutes ahead of the host? Yeah. Sorry, um, you guys. If anyone's offended by the word Same retarded, word. I don't have anything we're, against we're mental touching illness. stingrays. Mental mentally challenged. What was that photo? Don't go start. Don't start swiping on your phone right now. Please do not do that. You're gonna show me the picture of her in the soup. Oh my god. It, did that go viral? So that's what I started to say. Uh, parents or parents.com or something hit me up. It's like a real thing. They have a ton of followers and they asked me if they could post it. I don't know if they have yet. But yeah, I think my daughter is going to be internet famous. I mean, she, your daughter she's is all the, over the place. She's carrying her, the fucking can cutest. of soup everywhere. She really is. She's the kind of little girl. <laughs> Here's her introducing herself to people so that she can show them the soup. Guys, look, this is what happens when you have kids. <laughs> look out look I, at her face how excited she is oh i moved it oh god I don't come, swipe i come bearing soup don't swipe it don't don't let it move why is she being saved as people in my phone only by her mouth <laughs> listen you're gonna have to ask <laughs> crystal <Leah. laughs> so what's the deal there how do those how, how do those people who have been shunned how do they make their way back in the graces or do they always forever live in the shadow land of they can still tour and their fans can come see them but the larger comedy community can never actually welcome them back again i wonder what I, happens to louis what happens to chris what happens to Callan? well now chris might be facing an enormous lawsuit mm-hmm. from one of the girls it, it's such a difficult scenario i don't think anyone wins we know how to put people in twitter jail we don't really know what the process is for getting out and i'm not trying to defend people or anything like that but the only sentence the internet knows is a life sentence and not everything maybe crystalia is maybe brian callen is maybe louis is i don't know but not every single person who does something wrong deserves a life sentence no and and i don't think any of them do but we don't know how we're supposed to yeah, there's no un- rule book. Un- uncancel people. Yeah, it's it uncanceling's very, very difficult. You know, I think they should get three very woke judges and they give them should. a reality show, and they can decide who's. They yeah, can have like one has to be a all lesbian. Canc- all canceled celebrities who can compete on Canceled Island, and every season one person 
becomes woke Re- enough they, that they, they become can be welcome. redeemed and they can be uncanceled. Yeah, so they have to have challenges and each challenge w- brings them further away from their cancel. That's right, except that all of the judges would be canceled for participating in that show. Yes, they would because would be the we'd risk. have to cancel them. That would be the risk you would That's, take for that, accepting the, that gig. They pay really well, but after that you get canceled. Right, And it's right. a lesbian, um, a transgender congresswoman mm-hmm. and probably a share or a gaga that are like lgbtq friendly we need to have somebody you know is there anybody who can't be who's about like could, could dolly parton be the the sole arbiter uh, yes, of this yes she'd have to be she can be the jesus christ she of is. cancel culture she, she can is. be she can be the only redeemer She's like well y'all listen you, you, you keep them coming keep them going but you just i show his ass i like <laughs> I look in his soul and I see good. Is I that, see good. Is that Dolly Parton? Yes. That's a terrible impression. We're I, both horrible at impressions. I disagree. Mine sounded like some drunk man from Georgia and you just sounded like your daughter. No way. I do it. I do it. Everybody knows I do a terrific Dolly Parton. Was that Dolly Parton? Hell yeah. It still is. It was. She's amazing. I I listened to her on a podcast when I was driving and she she doesn't take herself too seriously. No. You know, and I think she knew what she had and figured out how to make it, how to exploit it. She exploited herself mm-hmm. and turned it into a huge business. You're talking about boobs. Yeah, her tits. She's more than tits. No, she's a she's an but extremely she, accomplished mm-hmm. songwriter. She, yeah. I mean, she's written hits for everyone out there. She's written many hits. Many, many hits. Yep. And we watched Nine to Five all the time when I was a kid. <gasps> Nine to Five is such a good movie. Yep. It's a great throwback film. And also... It was happening then, and it's still happening now with women in the workplace. But no one's working, so it's just women in the home workplace. Yeah, right. I now mean, if you're getting being, harassed at home if you're, and if on you're, the job, you really got to quit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if you're working from home and Zooming and still getting harassed by your boss, it's you. <laughs> Zoom sexual harassment's really got to stop. We, are, we I got to write that, too. We gotta, I'm going to write those two things down. Zoom sexual harassment. Yeah, yeah. Better, I actually thought about you. Be, you, you better get on that. You better do that one quick. Because you know what? The greatest email I've gotten in a year, and I've gotten it two or three times, is Zoom going, "Hey, buddy, you enjoying Zoom? Well, what do we just? Uh, what do you keep paying every month? This is complicated for all of us. Just sign up for the next year, and we'll give you fifteen percent off." And I'm like, "Okay, uh, this is a deep cut for people who've seen Starship Troopers. Have you seen Starship I Troopers? Love Starship Troopers. Okay, when Neil Patrick Harris is like the Nazi guy with the dead eyes who can telepathically communicate, and they catch a brain bug, and it's the very end of the movie, and he puts his hand on it and he goes it's scared it's scared and that's when you know that the war is turning and the humans might have a chance against the bugs when i got that i was like zoom is scared because this is before people were getting vaccines and i was like zoom knows zoom wants zoom wants one more year out of me because they know i'm gone in four months it's the most exciting thing i've gotten do you really think it's going to go back to normal yes you do yep I'm way, I'm so much more bullish on that than almost everybody I talk to. We've like, just gotten so conditioned to our new way of life. Yeah, largely, yes. How, why do you think I might be wrong? Because it's been so long and mm-hmm. it, this is such an unprecedented time and yep. it's so new to forecast <coughs> or see beyond what the new normal has become is hard for me. Why, Not hard like I don't believe it, just hard for me to envision. What would what did we used to consider normal that you have a hard time imagining returning to normal? Here's what I think going is- out and people not being scared and like actually being able to tour and being able to mm-hmm. walk out in the, in the public without having to put a mask on my face, like all those things. It's not going to take as long as you think. Really? This is just my opinion, but okay. So when this was still really going on, I had a 
friend who, um, well, uh, long story short, alcohol makes it easy. I haven't had a drink, a drink in a while and I didn't go to bars even when you could. Pussy! I'll be back. I'll be back. <laughs> you have a couple beers and you just forget that it was ever weird. And then by the end of the night, I it's, guess. Not, it's not weird anymore. And then the next time you go out, it's not weird because the last time wasn't weird. That's I, true. I really believe that. What is What I think is... I agree our, with that. On our current trajectory, people are still going to get sick, but it's going to be at such a a modest rate that nobody is going to be able to hold themselves back anymore. It's just going to be, look, every time you've ever gone to a bar and gone drinking, there have been thousands of people in the hospital for a hundred different ailments. Yeah. Now, every time you go and do stand up, there's going to be a thousand people in the hospital for 101 ailments. That's this true. This will not be like yeah, the thing that, like an accumulative issue. This will just be another thing that people that some unfortunate people get sick because of. I think you're I right. Think, unless it keeps evolving and the vaccine becomes irrelevant, that's right. a, that's a whole different. The variants. Yeah. But then again, we're repeating words that media and media outlets mm. are putting into our ears and in front of our eyes. The question that I always ask when it comes to the variants is, does the scientific community comfortable that the boosters can keep up with the variants? And so far, I believe they believe that they can. And now it's easy. This cue everybody going, oh, wait, so I got two shots and now I got to go get three and I got to get four. Why don't I get 11? Why don't I get 57? You know what? I will take 57 booster shots if the scientific community says, yeah, this is how we stay on top of the variants and eventually beat this thing. But it's the the same with flu strains. Like there's (laughs) so many... There's thousands of flu, of flu strains. Right. That's the problematic thing is if we have a second flu that's more deadly and every year we get a new shot and some of us get it and some of us don't and it doesn't work and the majority of us who do get it, it offers only partial protection. That's a problem. But that that might be the new normal. That might actually be the thing where you actually really know one or two people over the course of your life who are like, fine. And instead of that, that friend, you know, who got the flu one time, it's that person, you know, who got coronavirus and, and died. But that that one those one or two people won't be enough to hold back society. Well, I didn't realize about California is that California is more socially vulnerable to something like this because of the density, because of the overpopulation, the homelessness, and the the climate. That's the one thing I didn't realize about the climate because of the dry weather here. That that type of disease can survive longer. As opposed to someplace on the East Coast where the air is more moist, oh. it, it drops. It, it's the hair, air is heavier. Oh, I see. So the disease will drop to the ground more more likely in a place like New York as opposed to here where it's just floating around, living its life just like all the fucking motherfuckers here. It's just getting lattes and going out shopping. Anecdotally, I always was more concerned about, say, flu season or cold season living in New York because of the congestion a long time ago i developed a habit and i still do it out here of and i'm not a germaphobe in the slightest or maybe i am sunning through your butthole of uh, don't knock until you tried it <laughs> worst case scenario scenario of a very tan butt areola but i already do <laughs> no just pulling up my my sleeve on my shirt to like open a door if oh, i was yeah. walking into a, a shop or something or using something to open the door i would rather be in los angeles when it comes to getting sick and coronavirus pre or post than anywhere that has effective mass transit. I agree. I agree. That you're here to the the, ridiculously ludicrously bad mass transit system of Los Angeles. Oh God. I do want to be on an ongoing failure of the Los Angeles subway system. And we have to worry about Dennis Hopper driving your bus and not shutting it down until Keanu Reeves comes and saves you. And that's not something I'm willing to risk. Finally saw that movie. What movie am I talking about? Speed. 
When, when, course, when did you see Speed? Of course Speed? I would have known the answer to that if I hadn't seen it. I saw Speed like six weeks ago. <laughs> oh, God. The opposite of Speed. <laughs> it's like the slowest. The movie came out in 93, I think. Yeah. I had a poster on my bedroom wall for years. Keanu Reeves was, an, Reeves was another one. He oh, likes yeah. older women, though. Too young for That's, him. That chick's not his... his uh, not his his romantic partner. People He's, read people read way too much into that. What? That lady on the red carpet? She's the, just a friend. How do you know? I just <laughs> what do you, How do you know? I pick things up. <laughs> what what how, do you, how, do, how do you know? Cuz they said. Who said? Did he pay, say? Yeah. I don't think he said. He told me. I don't think you know. You told me in a dream. How do you know you weren't in the dream? I don't think. I think you hear a lot of things in your dreams. (laughs) I do. That I don't put a lot of stock in personally. I do. My dreams are definitely freaky. I don't like the dreams you have where last night I had one where it's where you are. So kind of like sleep paralysis. Oh, so it like picks up where your life left off when you went to bed? Yes. Oh, I see. And you can't move. Have you ever had that? Where you wait, where your dream is where you are, but you're like sleep awake yeah that's not like sleep paralysis that to me that is, is sleep paralysis right do you get you don't get like the crone do you what is the the crone the crone what is that have you seen the crone what the fuck is that like crone disease no oh worse oh uh <laughs> the there's like this archetypal figure the man well there's the man and then there's the woman i've gotten the man okay now the, i don't know what the man's name is the crone is the old lady Oh God! Don't invite her into my sleep paralysis. You don't, want, you don't want nothing to do with the crone, from what I hear. I hear I'm not hearing good things about the crone. What? Yeah. Where did you hear about the crone? C R O N E. The crone and sleep paralysis. Yep. Is this some Asian folklore? Did no. your wife teach you about this? Why are you so racist? C R O. Why? Nothing. You had a whole year to spend at home improving yourself. <laughs> well, wait. Becoming modern <laughs> and woke. <laughs> Why was I racist? Why was I racist? No, I already said the crone is something that it seems to exist deep in the, it's like, you know, like all cultures have this idea of like the boogeyman. The the people who have sleep paralysis see the crone across the world. Oh. Not all of them, but it's like, it's it's not it's I've not heard specific. about this. It's not I specific have, to any particular culture. I have heard about this. Yeah. I have heard about it, but only because, it, do you know what Wikipedia calls her? What? The night hag. Yeah, there you go. I mean, that's just me going to the bathroom. I think I dated her. <laughs> that's just me going to <laughs> floss my teeth at midnight. It's a phenomenon during which a person feels a presence of a supernatural malevolent, malevolent, how do you say that word? Malevolent. Malevolent is a tough one. Mm-hmm. Angelina Jolie could help us. It's uh, the presence of a supernatural malevolent being which immobilizes a person as if sitting on their chest or the foot of their bed. <gasps> Oh, wow. The word nightmare was used to describe the night hag. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, <coughs> various cultures have various names for this. And basically night hag is the witch, the night, the sleep witch. Right. But then there's the guy. You've had the guy. Yeah, of course. He just comes and shows me the head of his penis. So he just shows me the penis head. Oh, really? And he goes, new friend. And then he, and then he tucks it back <laughs> you under. You like, you like, better like this. I don't know what he better sounds. Better like this or better like this. Hey, my name is Boris. Do you want to see a new friend? That reminds me, my uh, high school girlfriend had an older sister. So she was like a, a young adult. And she was in a relationship with a guy. She later married him. I'm pretty sure they're divorced now. And he was a, a much older guy. <sighs> I don't want to give identifying characteristics. Just picture like a stereotypical Greek or Italian, Northern New Jersey entrepreneur. 
Uh, it's like all my exes. And she used to. So an Uber driver. No, 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 no. He's successful. Okay. No, he's, okay. And 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 she would hear them having sex through the wall, and then she'd hear him going, "I got more for you." <laughs> oh God! Isn't that horrible. I got more for you. <laughs> I got ball for you. No, I got more for you. Oh, I got the more for you. Yeah, when round two was, I got more for you. Ew. Isn't that horrible? It's. I'd Horrible. rather I'd rather have the night hag. I I guess I would too. Yeah, because she's somewhat. She didn't do anything fake. Well, well, at the time it. We doesn't. don't know. You know, I, I used to have this nightmare when I was living in in Boston, and it was a sleep paralysis nightmare. I had it multiple times. I'd fall asleep on the couch, and this man would stand over me and just stare at me. Yeah, the the guy is the other one. I don't know if the guy has a name. Yeah, why why does she have a name? The day the day fuck and why <laughs> the day fuck and the night hack. And I don't know why the guy's not an old guy. Nah, he was a big dude. It's an old lady or it's a guy. I've never had either. Thank goodness. Think, Very broad shouldered man. I think my wife has. Oh well, that's that's <laughs> that's when yeah. you go to work. Oh boy, she's that's not a that's not something she's imagining. She he's coming over. Oh my goodness, I can't believe she's having sex with strange men while i'm also in bed yeah she is it's very disrespectful well that's it's sort of impractical too you haven't been drinking alcohol but she's slipping some must be. some mickeys into your yeah. night tea are you having a night tea no do you want me to talk so you can take a sip of your dad cough take a sip of your dad coffee get in there I, you know what i really miss huh. i really miss your your um my lunch pack. your lunch pack i almost brought it <laughs> I almost needed to bring it. I wouldn't have brought it just to show off. I, I don't. I don't just flex that thing to impress people. <laughs> I thought of you when I was packing up my apartment yeah. because I have the therm a thermos that my mom bought for me, and I thought about your dad lunch satchel. Yeah, no, I have a new one. I should. I. Sh I I'll send you a picture. I. Uh, yeah. I, I. I. I decided I could make do with only two beverages for one one-hour podcast. If I'd brought a spare seltzer, then I would have brought the lunch bag. I, I love three beverages. I yeah. wake up in the morning, I have a water, my mud water, and then I also have either a seltzer mm -hmm. or some other various beverage, like a matcha or something. Yeah, man. And All then day. during the day, it's wine, sparkling, water. Oh, and right. Then so drinking during the day. Tequila. People who have children and so drink rude. during the day, it is such a short term. Fun. It's yeah, the the price you pay so far exceeds the pleasure you get. You need to have such an astounding lack of foresight because first of all, I do not enjoy the experience of drink of parenting with a buzz. I can see how some people would be into that, but to me, drinking is always a signal to me that like my work is done. Yes. And if my kids are awake, my work is never done. That's a good but point. I I hate this is the most alcoholic thing about me. I hate the feeling of sobering up. Like it baffles me when people will like have drinks and then go, oh, I've had enough drinks. I'm just going to stop now and I'll just switch to orange juice and I'll do that for the rest of the night. Like I will, I bring a drink, I bring a nightcap with me to bed. I, I'm not necessarily blacking out. I'm not necessarily like drinking myself to sleep in the regard that I'm drinking until I pass out from drinking, but I drink until I sleep up. I sober up when I sleep. Am I, is it, is there something different happen in my body than everybody else's? I hate the feeling of being awake and sobering up. No, well, yeah, because it's a terrible. It feeling. is a really terrible feeling. Okay, so why does everybody else do it? I don't know. Are because, you just going to keep drinking all day? That's uh, cool if you are, but I mean, I might have another or two. Yeah, is this a fucking intervention? No, 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 no. I'm just trying to understand why other people enjoy something that it, I don't. Not, because I, I'm not getting, I'm not getting like 
you take a nap? I'm not getting like I'm writing my next novel. No, I get that. Blasted. Right. You know, I'm not like Stephen Kinging it up in my I'm writing not, yeah. attic. Will you take a nap? Um. Yeah, that sounds great. Like, you want to take one with me now? No, I'm not inviting <laughs> you to, to nap. That crosses the lines of our friendship. Because that's the only time that I would drink during the day is, yeah. is if I knew that I was going to nap afterwards. Oh, that's like, a like on, really good idea. On vacation, I will, if we're like at yes. a resort or something, I'll drink with breakfast because I know that once we're done at the pool, I'll go home, whether the kids sleep or not, they can watch TV and I can knock out for a little while, then I can wake up and start drinking again. I don't I don't drink during the day if I can if I don't know that I can sleep I'm here for that and that would explain a lot of the people who are asleep on the sidewalks in larger cities siesta it's a it's a little drunk siesta it's an alcohol siesta it is or a methy one isn't it infuriating that there's so many things that we could all agree that we should do but we will never collectively put our heads together and do we were talking before we started rolling here about the dr carl hart and his book about not legalizing all drugs but just Just doing drugs rationalizing drug culture and just being like we all do it even if you don't do it all your friends do you know it's not that that big of a deal but the reason why i bring this up is siesta we're all aware that as we speak there are like civilized nations in the world where everybody takes a nap every day greece spain italy every day is a fresh opportunity for us as as a nation to say we want naps too and if we we all agree to do it it'll be fine we it'll be not only fine first of all the effects on your brain the physiological beneficial effects on your brain from a 20 minute nap are through the roof especially for people like yourself who is working has children a wife a whole life adjacent to your work life that requires a lot of energy and and presence i work hard for the money you work hard for the money and the honey you know it's like you need naps naps are something hopefully through this whole quarantine that has sort of shifted the way we've existed every single person on this planet save for those nations and countries that have already implemented a siesta into their societal standard i feel like maybe through this quarantine hopefully we'll start to realize the benefits of breaking and taking naps nothing will change absolutely so nothing will change we will look back on this era and go remember when fill in the blank because everything will the only thing that will change is a lot of people won't go back to the office that's a big change. That's a huge change. That's a huge change. Like that has a trickle down effect on every huge society from a climate standpoint. Less yeah. people on the road. I mean, oh, that's true. Remember the air Commercial quality re- of LA the first week? It we, was amazing, right? It was the LA it could be. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's the the Imagine t- what it's been like in Hawaii this entire time. I was talking to a oh, Hawaiian yeah, yesterday. All of us there. They're hurting obviously because they're lacking the tourism dollars. They can't afford to not have us there, but like hawaiians for the first time since the first dutch boat showed up in like the 1500s or something have their fucking islands back yeah without the white man coming in trying to steal all their sugar this is not an interesting or fun podcast topic but commercial real estate is i would hate to be in commercial real estate right now oh yeah there's just not going to be the same use for it and what are we going to do so i'd read a little work I'd read a while back that um, we yeah, that, work from home. That's part of it. Sorry, we work. That if we all stop driving cars and we're all just taking um, Tesla self-driving Ubers everywhere, then they w- we won't need nearly as much parking yep. as we do because it'll just be cars kind of always driving around and you just get them on whenever you need one. Imagine a world in which we need less than one half of all of the parking that is currently allocated. And we need one half of the commercial real estate 
that we currently have and half of the retail shops go out of business because everybody's buying things online. What becomes of, if if all of those things go away, what pops up instead? Weed. Just, we're just growing Growing it. weed, growing crops, oh, right. growing food. Urban farming, y'all. I'm telling you. Detroit is the city of the future. I, it, it seriously is. I like, hope you're right. I doubt, I doubt you are, but... I'm probably wrong. Things never turn the cool way. They don't turn the cool way or the way that would actually start to evolve some of the other processes that are working against us. Even when shit goes right, it goes wrong. Like, I don't know what's going to go wrong with weed that's going to make legal weed shitty and corporate and Well, it's already fun. gone. It's already, there you, well, there you it's go. already, you know, there's already issues with it. There you go. So, there you go. There, but it, there's a price and compromise to every evolutionary shift, whether it be in the cannabis industry or in how we work every single day. Right, but there's the, a huge price to pay. Well, sure, there's there's pluses and minuses to everything, but when you're saying there's a compromise, I feel like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, what you're saying you're is, is <laughs> well, of course some filthy people are gonna get their filthy little hands in there, that's the way it was always gonna be. It's not just like, oh, we all have the munchies all the time because that's the price you pay for weed being legal. It's like you're just saying, well, of course the whole, it, it, it sounded easy enough. There's this shit, it grows out of the ground, it's completely non-addictive, It had, nobody has ever OD'd from it, it's totally safer than alcohol, people seem to like it. Let's just legalize the shit. Like, mm -hmm. there, there is no inherent bad thing that comes from the thing that I just said, but you're saying, I, I've spent very little time in dispensaries, you're saying it's already getting shitty. That wasn't inevitable. That's because we let greasy, shitty people get their greasy, shitty little palms and stuff. And and unfortunately, that is inevitable in a sense that it was always gonna happen, yeah. but that's not, like, that wasn't an inevitable, it's not like fucking the sun goes down every day right. is inevitable. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I think, like, there's there's always gonna be something, like, it's almost like too good to be true. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. let's legalize weed. It's, it's at, it's that line from Jurassic Park. Have you seen Jurassic Park? Only cause my kid watched it. Oh, thank God. It's a great movie. But Jeff Goldblum has this line. He says, you were so busy thinking about if you could, mm -hmm. you didn't stop to think if you should. And that I apply to a lot of shit in life. And yeah. I'm not saying we shouldn't legalize drugs. I'm just saying that, you know, there is, both positive and negative effects to any sort of change like that. But I guess like from uh, talking more about what's the d guy's name who wrote the book, the, the, the guy, the meth. Oh, uh, Carl Hart, Dr. Carl Hart. <laughs> I love his name is Hart. Yeah. Um, I haven't even read his book. I saw a little bit of his interview with Rogan and I'll have to listen to him on your podcast. Oh yeah. But I honestly, I'm intrigued by the idea of legalizing everything just from like the standpoint of how people's brains work when things are accessible and the idea that, you know, having something be scarce is sexy. Right. That once you remove the taboo, once you remove the taboo, the desire also, I feel dissipates a little bit, you know, it's like maybe with kids, I still think alcohol is a little, a little taboo. Yeah. I mean like, like being an alcoholic is taboo well no i, I still think that it's a badass thing it, like if a, if a guy's a, in a, a or a girl's in a movie and they walk into a room and flip open a bottle of whiskey and take a swig of it we understand the signifier is that that person's a little bit of a badass that person's a little bit of you know they're not breaking the law but that's that's yeah. a badass thing to do plus drugs are always going to be illegal as they should be to children 
So you still yes. are going to go through your formative years going, man, it'll be great when I can get my hands on that. And that, again, that's why I think alcohol still seems like a badass thing to do because there was a point in time when you wanted it and you couldn't get it. Even right. legalizing them, that's not going to go away. But I, I do get your point. I mean, you can look at Portugal. It's like they're, they're, it's, we don't have to speculate about this or hypothesize. There's civilized nations that have just like done this. Right. Amsterdam. Could, right. Portugal's completely, everything's whatever you want to do. Decriminalized. I, I don't know the specifics, but like pretty much they will, there's legal repercussions for distribution, not for possession or consumption. It's illegal to be a dealer, but not illegal to be a, a user. That, it's just... I almost kind of wish I could see how it all turns out like a few generations down the road. Yeah. With that, you know, like what, what the legalization does and also what happens to our society, like to the American society, like, do we, do we crumble? Do we end up well, I becoming think, not the, you know, yeah. strong nation that we have been for historically how many years now? Right. Well, I think that's almost like a, this is again, a really boring point, but like, that's like a demographic thing. You can kind of look at the world and you can see who has a bunch of up and coming, like a young population. If you have more young people than old people, you're probably growing and like, like Britain declined. Because they're all old and crusty. Well, they just had their time and it all, everything was like working out (laughs) for them. And then it was like the baton sort of got passed to America and now the baton is getting passed to to China. And I think you, it's it's tempting to not think it through and to go, oh, well, what happens if America isn't the dominant nation? And to think that that somehow makes us like all of a sudden fall to like, we fall off the face of the earth, everything crumbles. It's like, no, you, you become like England. You go from being... I don't want to be like England. No, but you I'm go from scared. being... No offense to you guys, but you, know, you guys aren't having a good week. I get it. I get it. But <laughs> Pierce you, Morgan and the royal family are really fucking up your flow. But you go from being like the most powerful nation on earth to being like the eighth most powerful nation on earth. You're, but still, are like they, a, you're still like a player. Like, this is a thing about the parliament in England. And I just think about all the, the banks that are set up across the world. Like, aren't all of those linked back to... Great Britain, aren't they all linked to the United Kingdom? Every the place, banks? yes. Citibank, I bank with Citibank. <laughs> I'm talking about like what, 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 the what relation of do they banks. have to? Oh, I don't know. In in the relation to the uh, to to the United Kingdom, have you ever looked into this? No, I have. Oh, you've got some. You got some rabbit holes to go down. This is what I was looking at in quarantine. Okay. The origin of the banks and how where there are world wars fought, mm-hmm. banks being set up and then getting everybody in this money system. Oh, okay. It's a rabbit hole. It's one of the quarantine rabbit holes. I'm sure you guys who are listening have heard about, and I will probably get tons of DMs now because every time I mention it, people are like, oh, you got to check out this article. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Well, I look forward to those DMs. <laughs> like, I'm a big proponent, at least in theory, of states' rights in America because I think that if we've learned anything in the last few years, it's that there's no one-size-fits-all shit that Hell everybody can get on board with. No. So um, I believe it is supposed to be the United States states of america I agree. and we all kind of put our heads together on this shit like it does not make sense for every state to have their own military for example there are things that we need to all we need to have one foreign policy but like i don't know if florida has heard that yet touche <laughs> but what is right and from a from from a magic mushroom point of view for louisiana might not be what's right for oregon and maybe that's okay so let the oregons of the world if they want to lead the charge and like okay a, a more practical example was with kids going back to school 
Yeah. I did not know. I don't think anybody on earth knew if it was a good idea for kids to go back to school and almost, and I'm talking about back in the fall. And like everybody's opinion was kind of based on their prejudice. There were some people who got the message early on that coronavirus is something we need to be very concerned about. We need to be totally safe. And then no matter what evidence was presented to the contrary, they never really budged from that. But then there was the other camp of people that were like, fuck this thing. It's just the flu. It'll go away on its own. Put the sunlight under your skin. You'll be fine. And then no matter what evidence you gave them, they never budged off Wash of that. Wash it out with Lysol. I'm not really impressed with either side because <laughs> neither side really evolved with the, with the science. But like when some states wanted to send their kids to school i'm like honestly it's your prerogative it's your kids if you want to be the guinea pig like somebody's got to go right ahead somebody's got to see hey if you're right you got one month of your life back that i am still suffering at home with my kid my little kid not in daycare my son not in 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 school so i'm i'm responsible for you know child care and work at the same time and and then they did and it seems like it worked out okay and now here we are seven months later in california and they're still arguing over whether or not we can send kids back but like if we're not sure well should we loosen drug regulation should we legalize this like it doesn't have to be a nationwide conversation it doesn't have to be a nationwide decision if oregon wants to go nuts go oregon but hey if oregon doesn't fucking burn to the ground the rest then, of us should learn from yeah, that example we have to evolve yeah in oregon i think it's illegal when I was performing there, I was looking at the laws. I like to look at the laws of each state I go in just to get it. Because the laws really tell you a lot about the society. Oh, right. And one of the laws is it's illegal to leave your baby in a carrier on top of the car. So if you're seen putting your baby like in the, you know, the car, like the, the seat, how they sometimes unhook from the inside of the car and you can carry them. Yeah. So if you if that is placed on top of the car, like you can you're get a your, ticket. While you're getting your other shit? Yep. Eh, that's a I think that's a fair rule. Well, how many times did some shit go down where they had to put that into legislation? I think it just takes once. <laughs> it's like who's leaving children on top of the car? But then I spent three months with my sister this past three months since my mom passed. Yeah. With her two kids. How old? Three and four. Okay. Three yep, three and five now. Gotcha. I can see how you'd forget one. Oh God, yeah, anything because possible. there's so much. You have two. Yeah, there's so much going on, and they both need you all the time, all day long for different things. You're, it's literally like bits and pieces of you are being pulled and manipulated and tugged and directed around the house. So I can see how you could forget one of them on top of a car. Is I, what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I definitely have started doing the thing that all parents do that you're like i would never ever do that of where when your kids is doing something wrong and you try to correct them and you can't find the name <laughs> like you boy girl girl boy whichever one you are stop doing that thing it, what's, it really breaks you down man what's the worst thing you've done as a parent like something you did where you felt really bad oh oh oh, oh that's really easy um it happened somewhat recently it was during lockdown it was on memorial day weekend oh boy there's this is why you stopped drinking no no we're no, finding no. out why he stopped drinking no, you guys daddy had too much brown liquor no i drank quite a bit that day i felt so bad i needed to to bury my pain and my shame um <laughs> i think i texted you i think i i think i remember that my kid uh there's this hill that he rode his scooter down at the, like a top of a mountain kind of thing in culver city and my kid is like extremely cautious 
So he did it, but he like went down with his foot on the brake the whole way. And he was just like, oh, look at me. I'm a fucking badass. And then he did it again. And I mean, he's like the most timid kid out of all of his friends. So I'm like, if he did it, they'll all do it. They'll all be fine. And he's like, I want to bring my friend here. I want to show him. I want to go down the hill together on scooters. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And I just forgot that A, all of the kids are bolder when they're together. And all my friend's kids are bolder than he is. So I was there with his friend and the friend's dad that I'm like friends with. And I was like, oh yeah, they're going to do the hill. They're going to love this thing. And I'm just like talking to the dad. We're bullshitting. And the two boys just get way ahead of us. And there's this little lip and I see them. They look like they're like Olympic skiers. My son, when he was at the top, he was like Rodney Dangerfield and back to school. Like he's like, well, when the two of them went there, I just saw them go up and they just never fucking, never even second thought, just boom, just bombed the hill. And then I saw strangers like run after them to see if they were okay. And by the time I got there, they were both like bloody and crying. And and it was so... My kid probably has some, some permanent scars from it. And you feel so much, you feel bad about doing things to your kid, but you feel worse about doing things to somebody else's kid. And the reality is that they both took a really, really bad spill and it could have been so, so much worse because they could have gone face first. They could have been skidding on their faces down oh, this fucking hill. Oh my God. Am yeah. I terrible that I'm laughing at the... No, that? tragedy plus time equals comedy. You obviously <laughs> know the outcome. Nerd. You know the outcome. I know the yeah. outcome, but it's also just the image of them. It was horrible. Flying up in the air. We've dropped my daughter a couple times too. We never dropped the first on one. No, 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 no. See if they'll bounce. <laughs> we, we, uh, yeah, we. I, I was actually really, really proud of having never dropped my son, and that streak did not last. Well, with you, my daughter he dropped himself, so I think you kind of inadvertently dropped him because yeah. of your ne- negligence. That was bad, on that hill. A bad dad. Did the dad of the other kid understand, or was he blaming you? <sighs> See, I'm. I, I have a. Guilty. He's calling in right now. I have a Let's guilty conscience. He said it was fine. The worst part, the, no, the worst part is that I was the one who told the other kid's mom because there there wasn't any parking there, so the moms actually dropped the dads and the sons off, and then we were supposed to walk back down to them, and instead I had to call the mom because I had service and the other dad didn't to say they fell. It's going to be okay, but they are bleeding. Can you drive up here and get them? And then I had to text the mom later. Is, oh, is, is he okay? Where and, did the other kid get cut? They both just got like, you know, arm, side. That's boy shit. No, I know it is. That's I know it some is. Boy, they fall out of trees, like climb up on ladders. Yes. They, they rock agree. climb. I agree. And anybody who's been sitting here thinking that, I and do. And girl shit, guys. And we're not applying and assigning gender roles. I did all that shit as a kid, but I'm just saying yeah. in this p- Look, particular all, instance, they were two boys. It is true. We, we all have a couple of those things from our youth. And this will be one of, one of my kids and the other kids too. And it was just so... It's all my fault. There's like it no, is. there's no way of slicing it. It's one hundred percent my for fault. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you yeah. probably should feel some guilt over it. I do. Did you ever forget them anywhere? I forgot my kids. Like la- leave them in a store? No. No, I've never left them anywhere that I wasn't leaving mm, them on purpose. Okay. I remember one time I was with my dad at this tv store i think it was called DeSantis TV. I could be wrong. It's in Syracuse, New York. Really, really old TV store. We were buying a huge square tv remember how big they were back in the day they were like boxes and deep and deep and heavy and the glass was like three inches thick and my dad was at the counter paying for the tv and i specifically remember this i was like probably four i bent down on the carpet and i saw this little pebble and i wanted to keep it so i put it in my ear that's where you keep them (laughs) and then 
I had an earache a couple days later. Sure. And I, you know, I had to go in and get it removed, but my mom kept it. I still have this little pebble. Oh, really? That I stuck in my ear. I know a kid who needed surgery. They needed to cut her ear off to get that pebble out. What? Yeah. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. Like had to cut off like the back of the ear and, and flap it forward to get the pebble out. God, I was a lucky one. Yeah, you were. They just got mine out it with a little seems, tool. Unless it, they didn't get it all out because something feels yeah. like it's in there. It seems like God's pebble hole. But actually, well, that's what I call my butthole. Actually, you're not supposed to put anything in there. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Where are you gonna live? I don't know. I have really? no. I have. So what? You're moving your shit out, but you don't know where you're moving. I it put to. all my stuff in storage. Uh-huh. I'm in Airbnbs for now. Uh, I hope your projection is right about where this is all going. If we stay the course. If we stay the course, but yeah. you know, I don't. I love it out here. I love the weather in certain aspects of it. I love in certain aspects of it. I really despise. The homelessness is such a, it, it's such a massive issue it's awful. and it's always in your face and it's growing and, and I'm not clear on what the plan is or the, or, or if there is one. the solution. Yeah. It seems like it's a part of a much larger system than just creating these mobile showers that they're delivering to them from the care act that the city has implemented, like the homeless care act that they provide where they show up with sandwiches and mo- mobile showers and haircutting units. It's much bigger than that. But I don't know. I think because both my parents are gone now, I feel this like uh, pull everywhere. I know it doesn't make sense, but it, it's because my my foundation is uprooted. My foundation is gone. So the parental foundation per se, I mean, obviously you create your own friendship circles and your own tools you've acquired through life to help yourself become an adult and to deal and to cope on your own there's that sort of, you know, two ships passing in the night of your parents getting older and you becoming an adult where that, that, uh, those roles are, are delivered and separated. And so I feel a need to just sort of float around a bit and kind of not, you know, see where I land. You know, I, I just don't know. I don't, I, I don't feel that I'm going to be in one particular place. I think I might just cruise around the country for a while. Are you going to be a van comic? I've reached out to a company yeah. to build a van for me. Right. And I don't know why comics, I don't know why all comics aren't van comics. I think it's Most a great them. idea. Yep. Uh, so that is something that I've started to look into. My dispensary partner bought a big plot of land and I've always wanted to have a horse and I tell him every single day that I'm going to show up with and get a horse and maybe do that for a while. I, I kind of in love with having a horse. Or are you in love with the idea of having a horse? Cause I feel like the, the reality would, I would love to have one. Okay. I've ridden them a lot. I know they're okay. a lot of work, but I think the actual work of having one, I would love to be like Robert Redford and a horse whisperer where I'm just out there in my cute outfit, my cute hat and my nice fitting jeans. And I'm just so cute. And I got a whip and I'm yelling horsey things at it. Okay. You know, I was picturing more hair brushing. Gotcha. A brushing. Yeah. And the scrub under the belly to get their back to stretch. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, You'd be a good horse mom. I think I'd be a good horse mom. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know. I just don't know. I, this whole year has made me reassess a lot. You know, I've worked for 20 years in this industry. Yeah. I'm not like, oh, I'm been in this industry and I'm aged out. No, no, I, no, 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 no. Do you remember that, that silly what was it like maybe a september 11th era thing clint eastwood i think it's halftime america it's halftime 
that's how this feels to me yes it's halftime it's halftime it's like we finally all had yes. and i haven't had a break now there's there's two different kinds of issues that people have had for the last year or so and i don't know which one is better some people have not had nearly enough to do and they've been bored and some people have had far too much to do mm-hmm. and i put myself in that category there's pluses and minuses to both but whoever you are just having been forced to take some sort of break large or small as you know i also I had a, a certain kind of career going for 15 years that came to an end in a way in a way it hasn't changed at all and it's kind of cool you know like we always sort of admire like australians and stuff because they'll have kids take like a gap year between high school and college to just sort of sow their oats and figure out what they want to do it would be nice if as a society we sanctioned and people were financially able to have like an adult gap year where you go i just kind of I was trying to make a plan, but I love the, what's the John Lennon thing? Um, uh, life is what happens while you're making other plans. Yeah. You do just like wake up at some point and go, oh, this is it. This is where I am. This is what I'm doing. That's and, exactly how I feel. And then you feel like you're, I, maybe you feel trapped, but maybe it's not even that severe. You just are like, is this really what I want? Yeah. Is this really the path that I want to stay on for forever? And we've all had a chance to, everything has changed and then you go well now that i'm going to put it all back together do i actually want all of the things that i've lost do i want to put those back in and i think that that's actually a really really cool thing that's come out of this it may not be a fun thing but it's probably a really necessary thing fuck yeah once in a lifetime opportunity what are you doing and what do you want to be doing yeah and are you assessing how your energy has been spent and divided you know this life is so fast Mm -hmm. it's so fucking fast that to live it any other way than to be authentic in doing something that really makes your blood pump is a waste yeah anything other than that so and i i i love what i've done i love everything i've accomplished but i feel i want to reconnect i want to put my feet in the soil i want to like you know, get a little bit more reconnected to earth and a little bit more reconnected to myself. And I don't know where I'll fucking end up, but you know, for you, like what out of this whole quarantine, how has everything evolved with Jason Ellis and everything that's shifted for you? Like, cause you were at serious for a long fucking time, really long time. And do you feel planted now because i love your guys's new studio i think it looks great well it's funny because coronavirus actually made a lot of things that would have been abrupt changes a lot easier and a lot more gradual you yeah know, if i'd been doing my show the tully show from the sirius xm studios until one friday and then the following monday i just been like hey guys it's the same show but now my guest is on zoom but don't worry it's the same as it ever was i'm just in my pajamas in my kid's bedroom if you like depressing for them and for me but like i've been doing zoom shows since march yeah so nothing changed ditto i i didn't have that friday that i went to sirius xm and then i got the call you're never going back there i'd been doing shows from jason's basement for six months when we you know so it really smoothed the whole thing over it definitely it's what i i think i really needed and even kind of wanted and i was never going to make the leap because Mm -hmm. it was i don't want to say just because i was comfortable i mean like it was it was a very comfortable position i would have been a fool to throw away what i had there but there were definitely things about that situation that i did not love and I 
wanted certain things about my professional life to change. And I've, I've read one time, like, well, it's sort of like a be careful what you wish for mm -hmm. kind of thing. It's like, I got what I wanted yeah, you did. just at the cost of, of comfort and security. But you know what? I'm really, I am too safe of a person and I place too much of a value on comfort and security. And I was never going to make that leap. And I'm glad now that they yeah. made it, that they forced me to. You got pushed out of the nest. Yeah. And that's where, that's where the real growth happens. Yeah. When you get for shoved sure. out of the little comfort spot. Yeah. Nice little warm nest. And yeah. The, you and know. I don't know. We've had such a soft landing. I, it, it's, it's insane. Who loses their job? Dude, I used to. You guys made the quickest recovery I've seen anybody in this industry there that was, I know. There was a. And it, I mean, we could have done it quicker if we'd really been like, wait a second, this is weird that they're not talking to us about a contract and our contract's up in two days. We probably, in retrospect... Yeah, but you, it seemed to like in weeks you guys had... Yeah, no, it all happened. It all happened pretty pretty quick. But like for a while there, every night I was so... I'm still so busy. I'm so much busier now that I don't have a job than I, than I was when, <laughs> I, when I did. But especially in the beginning when I was just trying to figure out practical shit like health insurance the and you know yeah. all the all the the boring stuff i used to sit down at like midnight every night and i would just go through my instagram dms that were requests that were like a week old because i couldn't remember if it was after a week or two weeks that they time out and they go away and i would never want somebody to think that they were like hey dude a fucking it sucks what happened to you but i love you and i'll follow you anywhere to think that for anybody to ever think that I would get one of those and ignore it. Right. It's just insane. But it was so hard for me to keep up with all of the wow. people who were writing to me that every night I would just sit down and from like 12 until I couldn't keep my eyes open, I would just go through the week old ones. And I was, I mean, I'm copying and pasting. I would doctor it up a little bit for Don't people. Don't tell them that. He wrote every fucking word, okay? I would. Stacy from Illinois. <laughs> and, and John from Chicago. He loves you. If anybody asked anything specific, I gave him a specific answer, but I had a lot of, you know, a lot of it was just the same shit over and over and over. So like emotionally and psychologically to have thousands of strangers reaching out to you, like I have nothing to, I have nothing to complain about. That's awesome though. Yeah. No, no. Because I, I, they supported you guys, not Sirius XM necessarily. You know what I mean? And you always say, and you always mean like, well, we couldn't, we would be nowhere without you guys, but it was always mediated by Sirius. Now it's like, it's These direct fucking people are like you can actually there's it's almost better it's better yeah the, oh, it's the, way you, better. you're you're directly connected to them it's so much better and like the are you guys just doing patreon no we're doing a free pod and then we're doing patreon shows and then i'm doing my free pod and i'm doing patreon and patreon has been a fucking blast yeah i'm doing a show i told you i, did, I taped a show with mark mcgrath yep. and his side just didn't record so we don't have it and i was like, <laughs> I, was like sucks. I was all pissed about that it I'm, sucks I'm going to go home tomorrow and I'm going to record the show again because we had all these things prepared to talk about in music. And I'm just going to be like, here's the conversation that me and Mark had. I'm not going to like sit here and fucking do a Mark McGrath impression, but I'll just tell you everything that we said. It's the stupidest nonsense in the world. And I would never subject like a general uh, podcast audience to that. But like people on my Patreon actually want that. Yeah. It's so cool. It is so fun. And I just feel so insanely beholden because we're not. This we, motherfucker said beholden. I do feel beholden because we were not at that level where, you know, if, if, uh, I don't know, if fucking Jon Stewart gets fired from Comedy Central, 
he can just go on vacation for as long as he wants. And then when he comes back, he can decide where he's going to continue yeah. being John Stewart. When I got fired to me, it was like a real possibility. Maybe this, I will just look back on this era of my life as that was the 15 years that I talked into a microphone and got paid for it. And now I'm a fill in the blank. I just, I couldn't stay in that industry anymore because it wasn't, it's not like there's like other radio jobs waiting for us. No, it's if not a plentiful Yeah. If the podcast thing doesn't work out, like I'm not doing this anymore. So the fact that I get to continue to do this is because of like a relatively small number of human beings who directly want it enough that they directly fucking support us. To yeah. You do guys it. have diehard fans. It's fucking ludicrous. It's it's so ludicrous. I I was I never ever ever took those people for granted, but it is so much more direct, and it's, I feel it's awesome. so much more connected. I feel so much more beholden. And yeah. I love that you guys. I love that you're beholden. I am, <laughs> and they're cool people. Like I love the fact that I I feel like I have. I think there is a lot to be said for like what you put out into the world, you get back. Yeah. And it's like if I was just this broadcaster that was like constantly flamethrowing and talking shit about everything is fucked up and sucked and the, the, the man's trying to fuck you over i'd be getting i'd be talking to angry people all day yeah but no it's you like, guys don't we just it's, put out this groovy thing so we get all these really groovy people coming back at us i kicked a i kicked a a, a wooden panel that was set on fire you did peacefully i screamed through my it was not vulva peaceful. urethra you did you did <laughs> you broke it good <laughs> It felt good to do that, though. It felt like very liberating. Oh, yeah. It's cathartic. Everybody should wake up and kick something on fire. I, th until I realized that that wasn't that hard to kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like, you know, kicking through drywall or something. I don't think that's... Is that not hard either? Depends. Depends on the wall. I mean, the walls I put it? up, you could kick right through. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> are we good? Do we do it? Is this the thing? Yeah. Are we done? I think so. Do you have any burning questions? Um, how high do those socks go? These socks? Uh, not high enough. <laughs> how high did you need them to go? I was hoping they were up to your knees. I've got. I picture you a man in his elder years to have socks up to his knees. I've got. I was wearing these long underwear at yoga this That's morning. That's unfortunate. Really? Yeah. You went to yoga this morning. I did. What time? Eight thirty. Are you flexible? No, that's why I go to yoga. How long have you been going? That you're still not flexible. Like a month. I'm not a flexible person to begin with and my advancing age and having been stuck at home for like a year with gym's clothes, I'm, I'm like Frankenstein. Wow. At this point, I need it bad. I am too. I've started to learn how to do splits and I'm I've been real, doing that. Can you do splits? I've gotten a lot better. My lady this morning, she was a substitute person and she didn't believe me. Like she was like, Mike, you got more, you can do more. And I'm like, lady, I don't got more. Can you I'm, touch your toes? Oh my God, no. What? Not even remotely Oh, you need close. yoga. You better keep going. Yeah. Flexibility is the key to youth. I know it is. I know it is. I know. Trust in God from my lips to God's ears. I don't see what God has to do with this, but Everything. yeah. Everything. Right. Are you saying you're not a non-believer? I believe in yoga. <laughs> Did you see the back of my jacket? Jesus is psychedelic. I like it. Is that a famous Jesus? Should I know that guy? I mean, it's the Jesus that white people want to say is a Jesus. <laughs> right. The Jesus of Wisconsin. <laughs> this is actually from uh, my friend's company, Meet Delic, which is a psychedelic company that teaches and trains. Nice. Well, not trains, but educates and advocates for psilocybin and, and mushrooms. That's nice. And psychedelics. Have you ever done? You've done psychedelics. Yeah, I, I had my fun with mushrooms. I think mean. You're done now? I think it's in the past. I don't know. Carl Hart's book. There was a couple things in there he was mentioning. And I'm like, oh, that sounds nice. I put some in my tea this morning. 
Oh, you're microdosing? Yeah. Yeah, that's cute. Well, it's cute. <laughs> There's actual science to it. There's actual I, I, that's, that's debatable. science. Is it debatable? I think so. I microdosed for a minute. That's, hey, that's great. Do you know they usually, they usually, they, they literally use microdosing to help people with addiction. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's great. Like you with your alcohol. <laughs> I don't want to microdose and I do not want to quit alcohol. Really? I'll be back. No, I, I just need to. I'm, I'm so glad I haven't lost you to the oh, hell no. bright side. Oh, my God, no. No, 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 no. See, that's like another kind of virtuous effect of me losing my job. Every year I would tell myself, like, why don't you just really, like, why don't you really dig deep for, like, an extended period of time and really see what your best self really looks like just find out what your best self really really looks like not forever there'll be plenty of time to fuck off and there's just always a reason yeah. after a week or two or three or five or whatever to well i deserve a reward for this or i'm really stressed out because of that and now it's like fucking the demands of my life and the things i'm trying to do professionally now like i'm 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 almost three months in and like my resolve is i'm nowhere I'm, i don't feel like i'm anywhere near I'm anywhere near done. Like you want to keep I'm, going. I want to keep going. Not forever. Hell no, 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 no. I want to well, be, it does. I want to be really drunk when I'm in my fifties. <laughs> oh, you gotta be a total day drunk drinker I, in your fifties. When the kids move out, I'll be a yes. day drinker. Yeah. That's a whole. And your slippers, white socks, the newspaper, I, I and a, a soft stained shirt. With, and take a nap. Yeah. In a, in a house robe. Yeah. With all due respect a to dog owners. A blue floor house robe. <laughs> yeah. What about dog owners? With all due respect to dog owners, it's it's easier to day drink when you're a, a dog dad than when you're a person dad. And people like, you know, if you have a dog and you're a day drinker, you're cool. Yeah. And if you have a kid and you're a day drinker, yeah, you're like a, a demon and it's just not fair. Why is there a double standard? Why are there people judging people who have a drink when they have kids? It's a class thing. If you have a nanny and you day drink... Oh man, then you're drinking a martini. But if you don't, and it's if just like, you, if you're, brunch, you're hitting if wine. You're, if you're brunch drinking with a nanny, then you're <laughs> then you're cool. If you're picnic drinking, so many of my girlfriends who have kids always joke about needing a drink or wanting to drink. And yeah. my sister, I love how we said we're done and we're we're it's 20 minutes later. Um, I got my sister connected with marijuana and showing her how to use marijuana more as a medicine as opposed to just getting stoned yeah like if you just like microdose yep. it doesn't you can still parent and not worry about the existential effects that sometimes you have when you get high oh yeah yeah yeah, that's true and yeah. it, it, she is like totally on board now yeah that makes sense weed doesn't agree with me but like weed parenting is a totally different story weed parenting, I, I support weed parenting i mean that's a whole we should have a whole episode on weed parenting how do we we have my, to podcast again yeah my palms are getting clammy just thinking about it yeah let's talk about that all right all right but for now let's be done all right we gotta go he's gotta go i gotta go i missed you i missed you too it was nice talking to you it, it really was this is yeah. the first in person hopefully no neither of us get covid that's the spirit i can't taste my beer but it's gone Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.